Iowa everywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the Channel Seed Studios, Nick Oson and Jake Brent talk all things Big 12. This is Firmly Entrenched. Powered by Heartland Flags and Gifts. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Here's Nick and Jake on Iowa Everywhere. Welcome into the Channel Seed Studios. It is a Wednesday I'm firmly entrenched on Iowa everywhere. I'm Jake Brent, joined as always by my good friend Nick Oson, produced by Aiden Wyatt. Oson, how's Indiana treating you? I'm doing pretty well, my friend. You know, great to be back on here with you. A little bit of a crazy night last night. Uh, fire alarm, evacuation, had to get out of Assembly Hall for about 10 minutes or so, but otherwise... Got a loaded show today, and then this should be one of the last ones I will be on the road for. So that'll be nice as well. Love to hear it. Get some sleep in your own bed for once. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't happen too yeah. often this time of year. All right, no. today, so obviously it's Wednesday. A lot of the show is going to be dated if you listen on Thursday. So this is how we're going to stack things. We're going to save the OU preview for the men, the K-State preview for the women for the end. We're going to start with talking with a wild Monday and Tuesday night in the Big 12, and then the football coaching staff changes. Our great producer is going to have some timestamps for us in the description, so if you want to skip towards the preview, go right ahead. But this first part of the show shouldn't be too dated. As always, we're presented by Heartland Flags and Gifts. Man, if you're a BYU fan, go and get yourself... A flag. I mean, a lot of Iowa State fans might be BYU fans after last night. That yeah. could really help their case and get in Omaha. If you want to show your support, go get yourself a Cougs flag down at 3719 Southwest 9th Street in Des Moines or online at heartlandflags.com. Free shipping to anywhere in the U.S. And yes, that includes Provo. I know that might be unbelievable, but it does include Provo, Utah. New products constantly. Every team, every sport and every flag. All right. We'll, we'll just start with the most newsworthy game last night. BYU winning at Kansas 76-68. It's KU's first home loss to an unranked team since February of 2018. What an upset. This one shocked me. I, and it has zero to do with, you know, what I think of BYU, because I think they're a good team. We've discussed it. You know, they beat Iowa State, obviously, when when ISU was out there and they've gotten some good wins. Of course, they're a tourney team. But like you said, the Jayhawks don't lose at home. It, it just it almost never happens for that stat. You mentioned six years. I was shocked. I was covering a game like I mentioned, but I'm always following for the show because I'm interested. 
I felt like the Jayhawks were in control for much of it, deep into uh, midway, deep into the second half. And then even when Dickinson hit that late three to kind of tie things up at 66 apiece, I thought, okay, we've seen what happens at Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Even if they're not the best team that night, we know kind of the, the help that they get at times, whether it's it be. Worth, like Fog Allen is worth anywhere between six and 10 points. So yeah, you better, I, I if would, you're going to beat KU, you better, like, it better feel like you beat them by 14 because they're going to bank in a three. They're going to get a phantom block call that it's just going to happen. So it takes a lot. And I mean, a lot to do that. And we saw that with Deontay Burton back in 2017. It took him scoring 30 points making eight threes, just heat check after heat check. It, it is not easy to win at Fog Allen. And I know that's not record-breaking journalism right yeah. there. But. No. No, but you're exactly you're exactly right. And, and I saw it firsthand multiple times, especially my first time covering Iowa State there that first season. Like, they certainly, you know, did enough to win. There was, like, the goaltending call late or oh, lack thereof. Yeah, I yeah. about that. Yeah, I mean, the – the questionable, was it a two or a three? I believe that was for Caleb Grill, but yep. yeah, certainly. So, you know, those things happen. And, and I think the fact that BYU was able to get that victory, granted Kansas is without McCullough right now, but still, that is a really, really good victory. They are a lock for the tournament now. And to me, even, even outside of this game, Jake, because it has been such a crazy start to the week, I'm just curious, have you kind of heard, you know, obviously a little bit more into Big 12 country right now, what things are looking like with or without McCuller, like when he is expected back, if he is. I, I saw the recent update last week. Self did not sound the most optimistic. And just what do you think this group of Jayhawks can even do without him? I, I don't know when he'll be back. I bet he's back for the tournament but I don't, I don't see why they would rush him back. It would take a total collapse for them to drop below a three or a four seed, I think. So they've already got to go to Baylor, to Houston. Games, they would be four, five, six-point underdogs, even with McCuller. I doubt they, get, they give him a go then. So I think it's just try and get him healthy before the tournament. But even with McCuller, they just have nothing off the bench. They're starting five. It's as good as any. It's it, You could put it up there with any team in the conference, any team in the country. But when you don't really even have a sixth man, a seventh man, and your best player is coming back from injury, it doesn't leave a lot of room for error. I think I said this on the program a couple weeks ago. I usually either pick KU to go to the final four or lose in the round of 32. It's around a 32 year. And I, yep. I was watching Bill Self's presser last night, courtesy of uh, Glenn Kinley at a KSNT in Topeka affiliate of, of mine at local five <laughs> and self pretty much said, yeah, I kind of felt this one coming just <laughs> how they'd been playing shorthanded. That's why it wasn't that much of a surprise, but it's always a major, major shock when the Jayhawks drop a game 
at Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, I mean they they just simply don't lose there. Like no. I have not seen it much at all. And and you know now looking at the undefeateds at home in the conference, is it just down to ISU and Houston at this point? Yes. And yeah. This, oh man, I feel bad. I I can't give credit to who said it, but uh, I cannot remember. Iowa State moves to the sixth longest home winning streak in the country. Number one is Houston. Guess who number two is? Give me the conference. That's too easy. Is it the Purdue? Valley. The Valley. Oh, oh, okay. It's Des Moines' hometown team, the Drake oh Bulldogs. Oh, my God. Yep, 20 games. They're number two. Wow, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, Houston then Drake. But, uh, awesome, actually. Yeah, I don't think Houston's streak is ending this season. I'll just say that much. Yeah, no. Houston, they won last night. Not very noteworthy. They beat Cincy by eight or nine. Yeah, it was nine points. Didn't play great. Didn't play horrible. Oh, wins a win. We'll talk Texas, though. Dominating Tech in Lubbock. The story out of that isn't anything that happened, I guess, in the game. It was Brock Cunningham's dirty play getting ejected. Texas Tech fans throwing tortillas on the court, fireball shooters, beer cans, water bottles. That was a, that was, we love the hostile atmospheres. That's what makes the sport so amazing. It's what makes the big 12 amazing. But last night was a night that, that crossed the line, even so much so where Grant McCasland had to get on the mic and say, I don't know if you saw it, but he he just said, every time you guys throw something on the court, it's a technical foul. Just stop it. Stop it. And that was uh, that was a bizarre night in Lubbock. Yeah, well, you know, I just want to mention the only thing I felt really notable in the Houston game was not a good night for Shed, especially yeah. shooting, but they still take care of business. Just a great team. In terms of this matchup in Texas, I have not seen – I think I've probably seen to that level of, like, fan interaction and that many things being thrown – maybe twice in my life. So you're exactly right. Now I actually was able to see like the Cunningham play just after it happened. I like aggressiveness. I like big 12 basketball. I don't understand why he had to do the full, you know, hip check. I mean, that's dangerous, man. Like I could actually, yeah. Yeah. But that like that really could have hurt a really good, great player. And wouldn't matter, obviously, how good the player is in Darian Williams. But yeah, that that was not okay. Obviously, that just kind of escalated things up. And I think it actually also kind of partially takes away from the story that that is a massive win for the Longhorns. Yeah, it's that's a that's a seed line type win. Yep. Oh yeah. And it's yep. it's avenging that loss at home to tech early in the season. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, if Rodney Terry was so mad about players doing horns down on his court, I can't even imagine how many killers that Brock Cunningham is running in practice today. Like, talk about class. (laughs) If you're going to coach other teams' players, you better be coaching your own player. I mean, I'm a firm believer in karma. That, That will come back to that. That was not an accident. That was intentional. Oh yeah, and he rightfully got ejected, but that doesn't really excuse fans throwing stuff on on the court. I 
I'll never really understand that. I was at Kinnick Stadium after Cooper DeGene called that fair catch and touchdown got called back. So much trash was thrown on the field. And there comes a point where hostility just becomes actually hostile. It's not just a, a term we use in sports. And you just you never like to see that line get crossed. But no. that's a that's a bitter, bitter rivalry down there. And it's it's outlived Chris Beard moving schools. So that uh man, what what an atmosphere. We'll just leave it at yeah, that. Yeah, it, it really is. And I totally agree with you. I mean, I was looking at Texas's schedule. I think they were very much likely to make it, obviously, but now you take care of business at home and you're pretty much safe because I was looking and I knew that they had some tough matchups coming up. This one included, I didn't expect to win there. So that, you know, that adds to the depth of the conference. I think the Texas tech is a good team. I don't think they're great, but still impressive win. And just honestly, embarrassing from Cunningham. I mean, not only was it not an accident, you could see the clear wind up yeah. as he's going with his hip check. I mean, just, crazy but like you mentioned not necessarily a new ideal from what we've seen uh from him but certainly not to that level at least for me totally we got two more big 12 games to talk oh, about yeah. <laughs> we're gonna go to the octagon octagon of gloom three thousand people in attendance watching k-state move to seven and oh in overtime seven and oh this season in overtime 12 and oh in Jerome Tang's two years, they went 94 90 over West Virginia, but the Wildcats blew a 25 point lead. 25. So it, there's a lot of di- <laughs> a lot of different ways you could go with this one, but I know it's the pot calling the kettle black. Iowa State didn't exactly handle West Virginia either, but you blow a 25-point lead to the last-place team in the conference, and then Jerome Tang is dancing in the crowd after. And from what I saw on EMA Twitter, they were not happy with Tang. And I've been seeing a lot more like guys that I followed for a long time kind of getting fed up with Tang's antics. And that's... A year ago, they were in the Elite Eight. I don't know if that's really anything that we saw coming this year. I mean, we probably didn't expect them to go to the elite eight again, but I don't know if we expected a large portion of the K-State fan base to turn on Tang this quick. It's been kind of bizarre. Yeah, I I certainly um, did not expect it. And, and I find it to an extent a little bit ironic just because a lot of the things that people are kind of blasting him for right now he was doing last year and it was since the difference between know, doing it while you're winning and why you're losses. losses. Yep. Or, or barely winning like this. I mean, I, I personally, you know me well enough. I like kind of his, uh, his spirit for the game and the over the top kind of interaction with the students and fans. I think that's just a really cool thing, but unique. Jake, I, yeah, I, I could not believe this game, man. I was just getting, you know, to the state of Indiana, I saw, okay, checking the big 12 scores. This one's a wrap, right? I'm ordering some food. I see a score on the ESPN line. K-State was down three. 
with like two, three minutes left. I, I could not believe it. I, I'm like, this really still the same game. You know, obviously they squeeze out the victory and they've, they picked up like two good wins in the last three or four weeks. But yeah, maybe I probably don't follow as many K-State people as you. I haven't seen that as much. I've seen it here and there. I've also still seen a lot of support for Tang. But yeah, definitely people not showing up like we're used to. What were the actual numbers for that game? I don't know. Okay, okay. But the video I saw of them running out the tunnel, it like panned and it. I don't mean this as an insult, just kind of a fact. It looked like Carver Hawkeye Arena for a men's game on like a Wednesday night. Those pictures that Scott Docterman or Chad Leistko would tweet out when there's like 5,000 people. That, that's what it looked like. Maybe it filled up a little bit more. Yeah. But I was shocked. And it didn't look... It looked half full on TV. Yeah. So the number I'm seeing is 88.13 for attendance oh out of a possible... Gosh. 12,528. Yeah. So that's, if that's the real number, you got to subtract usually probably one or two thousand from that. Cause that's just typically tickets sold. So that, yeah, it, it was a really bad atmosphere. Wow. Yeah. And it gave, it gave, I mean, we know how this goes. It gave KU fans ammunition. Like, oh, of course, they're only showing up for Kansas, all that stuff. But for, we don't have to spend too much time on West Virginia. They're, the verdict's kind of out on them, but that's just a poorly coached team. Kirk Carissa totally lost them that game. The fact that Raekwon Battle didn't get a shot in overtime until there was like a minute and a half left and he sunk a really tough contested three. He should have been shooting it the whole time. They would have won that game. Yeah, but, easily. But I don't think that fella in West Virginia is going to be there next year. So we don't have to we don't have to harp on that too much. No, that that'll be very unlikely. Actually, some some names already bubbling out there for, Tang? That, for that job. Tang I have maybe? not heard that one. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm joking. I have no info. All right, look, let's close a couple quick minutes on Baylor before we move into some football. They look like a Final Four team in a road win over TCU, sixty-two, fifty-four, and that score is closer than that game was. That game was over. Baylor's defense was incredible. They hit a lot of shots early. That is a sweet 16 elite eight type win for the bears. And Scott drew, even after the loss on Saturday has his boys humming going into March. This was like a perfect, you know, I wish that we had had like a show that morning or something to talk about some lines. I was looking at the lines for this game and like, I understand TCU is good. They're solid. And it was at home, but I really couldn't, I guess I could believe it, but I did not like that spread for TCU. So I actually played it for Baylor. Um, I thought it was a perfect buy low spot for them. And even in the loss against Houston, I felt like Baylor showed how much kind of offensive firepower that they have at times, specifically in that run mid, mid to late, you know, in the second half, obviously going into overtime in that one. So I love the spot. I, I still think that Baylor's, roster jake i would put them up there with anybody in the oh, conference yeah. i really would i love their offensive potential like you mentioned defensively i mean tcu couldn't hit anything but credit to baylor for some great defense monday as well obviously they have a championship winning head coach and yeah i mean they're still 
I don't know if you call them sneaky because we've been high on them before, but there's still a team I could see kind of like what you said about Kansas, either that round of 32 or like a deep run to the elite eight or so maybe no in between, but yeah, I, I was really impressed. And like you mentioned, eight point game. I mean, that was like a 22 point game for a lot of the second half. Yeah. That I can't picture them winning six games in a row, but three, four, I can see that Scott drew in March. There's, there's not a lot of guys in the sport. I trust more than that man. But yeah, that's that's everything that happened in the Big 12 before tonight's Iowa State game against Oklahoma. That's not even including a wild Saturday that is already too dated to talk about. But man, this league, this league. <laughs> Let's talk some football. But first, we're going to thank our friends from Steeple Ridge Bourbon. Strong glass of bourbon. Man, it's so good. It's probably too early. I already finished my coffee to wake me up. I don't need some Steeple Ridge right now to put me to sleep. But I don't think there's any better drink you can have while watching some Big 12 hoops. Bottled, distilled, aged, all in I all in Erling, Iowa by Lonely Oak Distillery. Going Find it at your favorite liquor or grocery store. And if they don't have it, you demand that they get it so that you can have <laughs> a glass on ice during the closing Big 12 hoops stretch. Football is in the news, not for anything on the field, but something that will directly impact the field in the 2024 season. I'm just going to roll through these punches quick and I'll ask you for your thoughts. There's a lot of yeah. changes. So Taylor Mauser promoted to, to the offensive coordinator. They keep it in house. He was previously the tight ends coach. The guy who found Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, young guy. Everyone likes him. O-line coach Ryan Clanton will be the new run game coordinator in his second season in Ames as the wide receiver coach. Noah Pauley will be the pass game coordinator. As you can see, this is, seems like it's going to be a bit of a team effort. Former North Dakota State offensive coordinator Tyler Roll comes in as the running back coach and the assistant head coach. And then Jake Waters, who was hired last week as the running back coach, will now serve as the QB coach. Nick, you probably know most of these guys better than I do. What are your thoughts on these changes? So I'll go, you know, kind of quick to a little bit deeper. I, I think that the the Clanton and Paulie moves, they make a lot of sense. Uh, I just think that makes a lot of sense, basically, from the positions that they mostly focus on. Now, when the news came out about Nate Shieldhouse, who I do think the team, you know, right away was like, okay, they're going to miss him. He had a great first year. I figured because of timing and because of the trust in-house from Matt Campbell that there was a good shot that it would be Taylor Mauser. He is very, very, very well-liked, not only by Campbell and the staff, but by the players as a whole. I think that the continuity is very important. You mentioned kind of his eye for some recruits and recruiting talent. Uh, obviously, when I was there, I, I covered a bunch 
of recruiting. And, you know, he showed kind of some of that prowess as well. So I think that only can kind of help in an OC role because I, I don't, I don't think that he's somebody that, you know, won't kind of continue uh, hitting the ground running there as well. And, and I do think it will be a collective effort with some of these things, like you mentioned, but I, I think that move makes a lot of sense. I like it. I like it a lot for ISU and the Jake Waters move, I, I think is perfect because he's the guy that I had actually, you know, mentioned a wild back. So this would have been last year that I, I thought there'd be a good shot. He could be RB coach last year. And then obviously they, they brought in Langs as running backs and special teams. And now this is perfect for him as quarterbacks coach, because obviously he played the position. He played it very well, you know, a little minor stint right after college in the NFL knows the game extremely well. And again, like Mauser and really a lot of the staff, I think he connects very well, you know, with players. And, and I think it's an exciting thing to see uh, what he can do recruiting wise too. So I think that, yeah, really good moves, not a ton of surprises to me. And I'm just kind of intrigued to see how maybe some of the offensive wrinkles or play calling maybe differ a little bit from what we saw from coach Nate last year. Yeah. I don't, I don't have much to add X's and O's wise, but if, if you gave me the option of go and get someone outside or just kind of keep things within, maybe go a little bit by committee. I just think this late in the process, you got to stay in house that most of the offensive staff has been around Shieldhouse for a long time, learned a lot from him. Obviously, Mauser there last year, Clinton there last year. So I, th I think just keeping that same language, keeping everyone on the same page, this close to spring ball was the right move. But we'll have to we'll have to see how it plays out. Obviously, Mauser hasn't called plays before, so that's going to be a step. But Shieldhouse hadn't before last year either. So I, I'm I'm intrigued to see how it plays out. But yeah, that's that's really all I have to add on it. I it's kind of just a a wait and see type thing. Cause you know, we're not going to get much <laughs> in the off season as much yeah. as we'd like. Let's move on to some hoops, but first who wants to see Barry Manilow with their mom? We're going to have one grand prize winner that will receive round trip airfare and hotel. I mean, is it like a Taylor Swift type thing where if you live in, Waukee, you can fly to Wells Fargo Arena in your private jet. Is that? I don't appreciate that. Is that what we mean by that, Aiden? No. Sorry. That was a low blow. Anyways, if you would love to go to Barry Manilow, email win, that's W I N, at iowaeverywhere.com and tell us why you would love to connect with your mother at Manilow's show on August 1st. Again, that's win at iowaeverywhere.com. Four lucky winners will receive. A pair of tickets. When are we doing those giveaways, Aiden? Next week. Next week. All right. Big time. Let's go. Yeah. Be tuned into all your shows on Iowa Everywhere to find out your winners for that. All right, fellas. We're at the dated portion of the podcast. <laughs> Hopefully, you're listening before the game on your drive up to Hilton Coliseum and your drive back from work on this Wednesday. But if not, um, We'll see you next week, I guess. No, I'm kidding. Feel free to listen to see how right or wrongly we're still. 
And I forgot to mention, we're we're gonna push our mailbag segment to next week. A little a little short on time than we thought, which is okay. So Iowa State hosts Oklahoma tonight at seven o'clock on ESPN Plus at Hilton Coliseum. <laughs> OU won this game back in early January, 71-63. That feels like an eternity ago. I believe that was the same weekend my Cowboys lost the Packers. I think. I think that's right. Either way. Yeah, I think you are right. It's a long time ago. On that day, we'll just refresh you a little bit. OU was 10 of 25 from three and only turned it over 11 times. That right there is the recipe on beating Iowa State. But the Sooners are just six and seven since that game. They were ranked in the top 10 at one point. Now they are just a projected eight seed by Joey Brackets at ESPN. Osen, what do you foresee happening tonight at Hilton Coliseum? Yeah, so Oklahoma has been one of those weird teams to me. I mean, they they got some really good wins early. It seemed like this was the year they really made that jump. Obviously, they should be making the tournament, but I just haven't been impressed with their consistency, Jake. I mean, they barely beat Oklahoma State in, in Bedlam over the weekend. So what I see here, I, I don't think it'll be kind of that sleepy start that we saw a little bit from Iowa State against West Virginia. I think the atmosphere will be better. I respect the way that Oklahoma can play defense at times, but I think that you see a motivated, locked-in Iowa State team. I think, excuse me, I think that they can find some success penetrating around the rim, KG, Lipsy. I, I think that'll happen. Obviously, you got a key in on McCollum defensively, but I like Iowa State here. I'll wait on the score prediction, but I, for those reasons, I like Iowa State, and I think that you see kind of a more inspired and complete effort than you maybe saw against the Mountaineers. I'll be interested to see who's the more motivated team because OU, this again is it's one of those seed line type wins. This would, if they won tonight, that would lock themselves into the NCAA tournament. I think. Yeah. If they lose no harm, no foul pretty much unless you go in and lose by 40, <laughs> but it's a game you're not expected to win. And I would imagine that's the motivation of steal this one and takes a lot of your pressure off. On the other hand, Iowa state played probably their worst game in over a month on Saturday and they haven't had to travel since then. So I would imagine they had a Sunday off and then just two tough days of practice Monday, Tuesday. I think there'll be a motivated team. And if you're, Talking Omaha, not Baloo, but the tournament destination. Every game the rest of the way, I would say, is a must win. You're going to be favored in all of them tonight. Per our friends at DRF Sportsbook, the Cyclones are nine and a half point favorites as of 10.20 a.m. That's about right, I think. Still a lot of points, in my opinion. But this is just a game you can't lose. There's no way around that. You, We've talked about it a lot. 
you've done the dirty work. You've got a lot of those tough wins out of the way at Hilton Coliseum. You got to take care of business against a team that's going to be an eight or a nine seed in March. But if Iowa State plays like they did on Saturday, they will lose this game. They are they're lucky that it was West Virginia and not OU or TCU or Tech in the building because they probably would have lost that game. So I'll be interested to see how Iowa State responds. I'm expecting a good atmosphere. This is the first night game, night week game, I should say, in a while. Can you tell me the last home game at Hilton that was a weeknight? I might not I might not be able to. You tell me. Tangate. K State oh, on January twenty wow. fourth. So yeah, that feels a, like way more than a month ago, too. Yeah, it's been pretty much all Saturday morning, early afternoon games, which when you've got a KU in town or a ranked team, those are really good atmospheres. But as we saw Saturday with last place West Virginia in town, it was still 90, 95% full, but there just wasn't that buzz. I would expect there to be some buzz back in Hilton tonight. So I'll, it'll be it'll be intriguing to see how that plays out because of what we've already talked about this season. Just the the shine of a KU or a Houston or a Baylor not being in town. It can dip a little bit. So you talked about that tonight. You know, yeah, absolutely, Jay. You talked about, you know, being favored and if you're talking about like Omaha, every game being a must win, do you see Iowa State running the table here? I don't. I think they'll lose one more game. But I would be lying if I said I felt like good about all of them. Because every game I, I feel like is going to be in that you should win eight times out of 10. But I still just don't feel awesome about any of them because the two teams coming to Hilton are teams that already beat you and kind of their style. It, it It's suitable for playing Iowa State. And then you go to a Central Florida atmosphere that is pretty dead. And then a K-State atmosphere that's going to be fired up from what happened in January. So if you told me they were going to lose one game, I'd probably tell you it's going to be K state, but I just wouldn't be shocked if they lost tonight, if they lost at central Florida, if they lost against BYU, I know that's not, not great analysis, but <laughs> if you, if gun to my head, I had to pick what they're going to do. I'd say they're three and one with a loss in Manhattan. Okay. I'm thinking the same. However, it wouldn't shock me at all if, you know, they're just a better team. They beat K-State. They win on the road. But that BYU matchup actually is going to be really interesting. They showed me something last night that they can win on the road in a hostile environment. Yeah, in a way, I think that helps Iowa State as far as, one, a wake-up call. Oh, BYU can they can come to Ames and, and win. But at the same time, 
BYU probably has a little bit less urgency now that they did pick up that massive, massive win in Lawrence. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll be previewing that one this time next week as well because that'll be a, a big game on senior night. What's your score prediction for tonight? Yeah, I, I feel pretty good about this pick, actually. 75-66. Wow, going with Vegas right there. Yeah, yeah, pretty close. I'll give you credit. You had that score prediction in the rundown before the line came out. So Thank you, sir. <laughs> I, I'll go 72-68, Iowa State. Okay. I don't... I I think this game is going to come down to the end. Just a gut feeling, but uh, we'll see. I it's been a a long time since Iowa State had back to back home games. So you often just think about X's and O's and analytics and Ken Palm and Mojo and all that stuff, but what we don't factor in sometimes is the human element of just sleeping in your own bed. For, Five, six nights in a row, going to class, practice at home. So that can all play in Iowa State's favor tonight. And not to mention OU coming off of a crazy emotional win in Stillwater. Let's close with some women's hoops. The Cyclones go to West Virginia, or not West Virginia, to K-State tonight in a game that is honestly gravy. If you lose... You're expected to lose. If you win, you bump up a seed line, maybe become tournament locks, depending on what happens the next week. I think they become a lock. Yeah, I would agree. But that could also... That could also fall with losing to Cincinnati on Saturday or whatever. But uh, I agree with you. I think they would become a lock. All that, I don't expect them to win, but I am pumped to follow and watch Adi, Crooks, and Ioka Lee Part 2. I was there in person the first time. Mm-hmm. Man, that was one of the that was one of the best basketball games I've ever seen in my life in person. Yeah, that, that battle, it, it was truly incredible. I mean, everybody had high expectations for Crooks this season and long-term. And I think it's pretty safe to say that she has blown them away. Uh, You know, I don't expect Iowa State to win this game. But again, like you mentioned, Gravy already took care of them once. And I still feel like, I think, yeah, probably win like two more regular season games or so. Maybe one in the conference tournament. They should certainly be dancing with this young group again. Yeah, they closed the regular season Saturday in Cincinnati. Believe yeah, the Bearcats are only crazy. five and twelve in the conference. So th- this game, it won't mean much if you lose, as long as you take care of business on Senior Day, and then exactly get one, maybe two in in Kansas City, and you could get up to that nine ten line. So it's it's that time of year, man. Selection Sunday is getting close. I know. <laughs> I cannot wait. Aiden, you got anything you'd like to add before we get out of here? Don't think so. Just excited for. I'm excited for the end of the season. It's weird to say, but like this time of year, you know. Yeah, no, I start conference tournament play. I soon enough and so we turn. We're with you, man. I cannot wait. I know today doesn't feel like it because it's freezing, freaking cold out. But yeah, the last week 
I'm just, I'll just be outside and I'm hearing like Bill Rafter in my head walking outside. <laughs> this, the March Madness theme is playing in my head at all times when it's 65 in February out. Oh, we're getting there, man. We're getting so close. How cold hey, is it there, Jake? Uh, my car, when I was driving here this morning, said it was 11. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. But wow. it's going to be back up in the 50s and 60s and 70s this weekend. So we pretty much got a day and a half of bitter cold winter's last uh, last stand. But spring's coming, baby. Spring's Damn. coming. Da, 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 da. All right. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thank you to Heartland Flags and Gifts and Steeple Ridge Bourbon and DRF Sportsbook and the Channel Seed Studios. We'll be back next week recapping some more hoops. Iowa everywhere.